welcome back to Sextras. Where we talk about sex and all the extras. I'm Honey. And I'm Maria. And today we're talking about attachment style. Finally. My favourite topic <laughs> of conversation. Literally what we bring up every single week and now it's finally getting its own episode. Yeah, it deserves it. <laughs> it really deserves it deserves all the episodes <laughs> we're very I mean, excited it gets, it gets a little bit of, of spotlight every single episode yeah exactly, so. exactly. a little sprinkling <laughs> like a trail of breadcrumbs to this very episode <laughs> um yeah what what zone are you in today please tell yeah before we get into this exciting exciting episode uh well i'm feeling I'm feeling in the yellow zone. I'm feeling mm-hmm. so, so, so excited because I'm going to see my boyfriend and we're going to, like, spend this weekend together. I mean, like, not that that special, but it's, like, going to be, like, a special weekend because it's our three years. So I'm just, like, it's tomorrow. So Cute. I'm just... No, it's not our three years tomorrow, but, like, he's coming tomorrow. So, you know, I'm getting, like... It's getting to that point where it's, like, I need it to happen now. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, like, okay, everything that happens today is irrelevant. Um, what do you mean? What you know, just episode? to give you guys a little teaser of... <laughs> <laughs> what's to come that was such an anxious attachment thing to say from me so you know just to give you a little taste of, mm-hmm. of what I experience as an anxiously attached person I thought you were securely attached now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah super excited and super yeah just feeling really happy because it, I've been I've spent three years with my boyfriend now it's kind of crazy yeah it's crazy <laughs> times yep um but what about you i'm feeling quite blue gray green white all of those ones like the kind of ambivalent gross like little brown mix yeah (laughs) it's all just a bit mm, i don't know what's going on but yeah just living just living okay so just not just not really vibing with anything or anyone i'm not that bothered by dating right now or sex to be honest like if it happens that's fine with me but okay but it's not like a white no because what you just said really gave me white vibes but (laughs) yeah well no it's a bit like white green vibes but it's also a bit more like eh, more negative than that okay like i think i'm just a bit like overwhelmed because i have so much to do because I'm going away in like mm. a week and I don't think I realized how much I have to do and I'm just overwhelmed everyone wants to see me I'm so popular <laughs> so I'm like a bit busy you know <laughs> so yeah okay um, yeah okay fair enough that's fair that enough. <laughs> but should we get into the very exciting episode? let's do it let's do it okay so obviously we should preface this episode by saying we are not psychologists or mm. experts necessarily although I would <laughs> consider myself an expert on this topic <laughs> but I have no qualifications whatsoever other than the fact that I just like to read as much about it as I can mm. and we're we're basically just gonna like run through each attachment style kind of like from the research that we've done our own knowledge and just like tell you how it, each one manifests how it like 
is formed as well and like a few tips for how to help solve it or whatever Mm. (laughs) so obviously like don't take everything we say as like the holy grail but there's just a little intro to attachment styles basically if you don't know what yours is or you don't really know what attachment styles are or you're like why the fuck do i need to know about this we're just gonna put all of everything we've said for the last Mm. like 18 months about attachment styles into one episode (laughs) show you why we really really think it's important for you to know your attachment style yeah yeah yeah. and just big disclaimer also to really if you're like interested in this and like interested in how it's manifesting in you and like how to Mm. sort out all your attachment behaviors and all of that shit like really you have to seek therapy and like Mm -hmm. an expert like don't or like yeah or like listen to lots of podcasts and like you know what I mean like you're not gonna get like (laughs) your guide here on like how Mm. to fix your life you know obviously that's not gonna happen I feel like that goes without saying but yeah if you're interested definitely like there's many many resources out there and Mm. like I obviously the biggest resource is actually like talking to a therapist and unpacking all of that shit Mm. but yeah yeah <laughs> or like we'll we'll put some recommendations of like resources that you can use in the description mm-hmm. because we have a lot that yeah yeah will be helpful so yeah let's get into it maria let's do it is gonna start with her very own attachment style <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna talk to you guys a little bit about anxious attachment so obviously since i have since i'm anxiously attached i'll tell you guys a little bit about what it's like you know just what I experience on a day-to-day basis kind of thing so yeah it's generally formed through an inconsistency in parenting or like a parenting pattern so sometimes you'll get a lot of care and nurture and like and yeah a lot of just like positive sort of reassurance and Mm. the presentation of like I love you I love you kind of thing yeah and then sometimes you won't there won't be that sort of reassurance of love Mm. or whatever and so this inconsistency is kind of like you just learn to not know what to expect and it's always kind of like being in this anticipation of like okay what parent am I gonna get this time or like what kind of mood is this person gonna be in like that kind of thing or also obviously from like abandonment issues but I think I was listening to this person talk about it and it's kind of like yeah abandonment issues can sort of like it either leads to like anxious attachment where you're like clinging on for dear life or like avoidant where it's like okay then like I can never get close to anyone again because Mm. they'll leave me so so like abandonment can kind of lead to this like clinging on but anxious is the more clinging on kind of one okay and then sometimes it can come from like overbearing or or overprotective parents parents that kind of generally have anxious attachment themselves so they have a lot of this clinginess or like dependability and it's like a lot of the time can be like even more than just overprotective overbearing it can be like literally those those parents that sort of like base their whole like mm. life and meaning around their kid and it almost in a like i'm putting this on your shoulders kind of way yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so like an anxious attachment kind of parent <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that can lead to a lot of fucked up behaviors and like thoughts and in the it's kind of in the name it's a lot of anxiety and a lot of worrying so yeah i mean the main thing i think for anxiously attached people like the main thing the way it shows up is like they 
want reassurance that they're worthy that they're loved and all of these things which like i think everyone in the world wants like yeah i don't think that that's just unique to anxiously attached people but for secure people for instance like they'll have these wants of like being reassured that they're loved and cared for and they'll look around in their relationship and be like oh yeah like this gives me that reassurance all of these things that aren't necessarily just like verbally like oh Mm. like trust me i love you and like yeah yeah, you know the constant reassurance and they'll be like cool but for like an anxiously attached person person like that proof just isn't enough you need more than that you need like the constant thing and it's like a constant worrying and constant like if you're not getting it then you're in that that state Mm -hmm. and then like that's also like the really weird thing that if you are with the person then all of these feelings and all of these worries subside and Mm -hmm. like that person is the only person that's going to make all of this like disappear so that obviously creates like this crazy like weird dependency and like yeah you kind of like need this person to be okay and like to be in a good mood yeah so yeah yeah like your self-esteem comes from the other person rather than yourself kind of thing yeah yeah exactly exactly and so like because it comes from like a deep fear of abandonment and rejection this also breeds this like suspicion almost of your partner and and that's not even suspicion in like oh shit they're like cheating on me it's also suspicion in like when they say i love you you just don't trust that Mm. because you're suspicious that they like yeah you're suspicious of your their words like you just don't trust what they're saying and it it ultimately ultimately comes from like a really low self-esteem and uh, like that's a big characteristic of anxious attachment having having low self-esteem and kind of like this low self-esteem fear of abandonment like interact with each other and like just feed off each other and it just comes out in like being needy and yeah like the suspicion Mm. and yeah it's almost like I I feel like I've described it before this whole like I genuinely don't believe that my boyfriend or like my ex or like the relationships that I've been in and like I've seriously committed to or whatever is like there's always this deep genuine belief that they'll never love me how I love them Mm. and like they'll never love me as much as I love them yeah and I feel like that's the whole like that's like literally a perfect example (laughs) of literal anxious attachment it's like you genuinely don't yeah you just don't believe it yeah yeah so then they'll love this like neediness and clinginess isn't like i feel like sometimes it's not even that it's like you just become also preoccupied with the relationship it's Mm. it's not even that you need like to be on top of them like physically or whatever or like you need them to call you all the time it's like when they're not calling you or like when you're not with them or when you're not texting or whatever like it's still constantly what you're thinking about and Mm. it might be like positive feelings but or like positive thoughts but more often than that it's like you'll be like reading into the last text like if they said love you instead of i love you it would be like oh shit like i've done something wrong you know like and i know that sounds really ridiculous but like it is little things like that that can like send you into a little spiral and yeah it just becomes like a big preoccupation it's not even that you're like worrying all the time it's like also their mood impacts your mood so like if they're in a bad mood then you're like oh okay like i have to fix this and like Mm even a lot of self-blaming like everything has to be about them like i feel like anxiously attached people you think everything's about you and it's like oh they're in a bad mood it must mean like i did something wrong or like it's because i did this when a lot of the time it has nothing to do with you and like they're literally in a bad mood but then you're like okay i have to fix this because like 
that's what love is and exhausting. <laughs> yeah sorry I, I feel like i'm like really talking a lot but no. it really is like a roller coaster of emotions essentially mm. and as as much as there's like a craving of like spending time with them it's also like a craving of like emotional closeness so any distance really mm. like physical emotional anything it's like it's bad and i mean we'll get into it but like because that's a lot of like how avoidance deal with the soothing of their like attachment behaviors like they kind of have to like move away from it kind of mm. thing then it's like this cycle of fuck like you know one yeah. is moving away but the other one like is needing them to pull closer yeah. and that's making them pull even further away so yeah fun times yeah it's very like a lot of catastrophizing a lot of like life or death kind of thing yeah. like it can either be like the best feeling when you're with them and everything's soothed and then it's just like the complete opposite scale and it's like for me it's like my mind always just goes immediately to like worst case scenario mm. kind of thing it's always like in some of the examples i was thinking about it's like they don't send you a good night text and to me it's like just immediately like oh, okay like they literally just weren't thinking about me like they don't love me anymore like it's always like they don't love me anymore mm-hmm or like, yeah, sometimes it'll be like, they're cheating on me. Yeah. Or like, you know, it will go to like the worst. The worst. Yeah. Over like this tiniest little thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's not fun. That's kind of my overview of like, what it's like, how it presents itself. So yeah, if that sounds familiar, you might be anxiously attached. If that sounds familiar <laughs> because you've dated someone that's, that like it's kind of giving you like oh wow my ex was so like that it's because mm-hmm. they're anxiously attached and I find it really sad <laughs> because like it's rooted in this very love me love me kind of place mm. and it leads to so much self torment almost yeah. from like nothing as I said like yeah. your partner can really do nothing or be like so loving like I said like all of these signs of reassurance and proof of reassurance like you're just almost blind to it. Yeah. So it's just really sad. <laughs> it's tragic. But yeah, that it's the life I'm living. <laughs> Do you want to give us a little contrast and give us a breakdown of of avoidance? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, you're saying it's super sad. I wanted to acknowledge as well that there's, like, this stereotyping of attachment styles. Like, when you think of anxious people, you think of, like, women, typically. Mm-hmm. And when you think of avoidant people, which I'm about to get into... You'd think like men, which you know, I'm just like <laughs> breaking gender stereotypes. <laughs> but um yeah, obviously it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. And I also feel like it's quite harmful that idea because then it's like, oh, every girl is like the crazy ex girlfriend or whatever and she's just like anxiously attached, mm. you know, like stop being mean to her, she just wants some love and you're probably just like a avoidant piece of shit he's <laughs> making it worse so <laughs> yeah, yeah actually the, there's the most single people like are avoidant mm. like the most people out there are avoidant and then anxious and then mm. secure yeah well yeah yeah, yeah. like 50 percent of people are secure mm. and 50 percent are insecure which is either avoidant anxious or fearful which we will get into okay so let's get into the avoidant attachment style (laughs) which as you may already know i have so basically it's formed by parents being disapproving of your displays of emotion in childhood so you might be like super happy and like excited and they'll be like that's inappropriate stop doing that or you might be crying and they tell you to stop crying 
Also, I feel like we should acknowledge as well <laughs> that when we say these things about like parenting mm. and how it forms attachment styles, a lot of the time it can just be the tiniest moment. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a consistent thing because when you're a child, any slight trauma, like when we think of trauma as adults, it has to be this huge life-changing event. But when you're a child, everything is so new and has such an impact on your development that mm. like the smallest tiniest thing if it happens like twice that can really affect your attachment style so it's not necessarily this huge thing so yeah it can be parents kind of just like dismissing you or in a family where people don't really discuss their emotions you can pick up obviously children pick up a lot on like stress and other people's emotions around them like they can feel what people are feeling even if it's not spoken about i've heard of like people picking up on feelings from like within the womb because obviously you get all like the hormones and all of the stress mm. signals within the womb so you feel like your mother's stress and stuff and that can make you avoidantly attached which is kind of wild if you think about it that affects your whole life like <laughs> true yeah so fun times really basically you learn is like not a positive thing to mm. express emotions and i swear you can also develop attachment styles and like attachment behaviors or whatever like in early relationships mm, as in yeah, like romantic yeah. relationships or like even if like for instance like in terms of like the whole abandonment thing if like in a relationship you feel like someone abandons you when it's like a pivotal moment or like mm. a really big life change or something like that yeah. that like that can also impact it like it doesn't like a lot of it does come specifically like from your childhood and as you were saying like because you're so sensitive like any little action like will mm. impact a lot yeah but like it can you know be from like later on in life yeah i feel like that's important it's like there's there's like natural attachment style which is like your mm. from your childhood but then it can also be learned and like change as well like you can fix your attachment yeah. style and become secure or you you can be secure and become like insecure basically so yeah so then how does it manifest <laughs> <laughs> the fun part <laughs> basically you like get stressed out by emotional closeness so literally the opposite to anxious attached and you find it really difficult to express emotions you really value your independence well, yeah also as opposed to like anxious attached you have a very high self-esteem because you like have all this independence but you find it really hard to like interact with other people emotionally like if they get too close to you you'll probably try and push them away you if you're in a relationship you'll want to have a lot of personal space if people want to have like conversations about emotions or like the relationship with you you'll see that as them like trying to suffocate you and like take over your life and try and get further and further away and just avoid conflict as much as possible and there's also this thing where like because in the relationship your attachment your avoidant attachment style is so triggered by the relationship there's this thing called like the phantom x phenomenon where once you break up with someone and you get that emotional distance you'll then realize all of the like good mm. aspects of the relationship because you don't have that proximity and then you'll start to like romanticize this person and think of them as like amazing even though if you were actually together you probably would be trying to push them away again so it's all very confusing basically you do have the feelings obviously but you're just like so uncomfortable sitting with those feelings because of like what you've learned about 
how emotions should be processed and shown that like when it happens you just like try and flee you're basically it triggers your fight or flight response and you're just like running away from all your feelings Mm. (laughs) so it makes it really as you can probably imagine really difficult to like form attachments to people so yeah exactly the opposite of anxiously attached people which is great because the next fun fact of the day (laughs) is that anxious people and avoidant people tend to be very attracted to one another because everyone knows that like you are you repeat patterns that you've learned you repeat things that have happened to you in the past so you're always seeking something to fulfill your own idea of yourself so avoidant people will because they like ultimately you do want that like it's natural to want connections but you'll look for other people to like fulfill that emotional neediness Mm. even though you don't actually like it in your brain (laughs) and anxious people will like be looking for avoidant people even though it really triggers their attachment style also another thing i've got to say about avoidance is that you like don't know how to act when other people display emotions so your anxious partner might be like displaying all of this like neediness and clinginess as you were saying Mm. and you'll just be like the fuck are you doing like why are you being like this (laughs) (laughs) honey's literally like texted me like one time when her boyfriend was crying and she was like I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, honestly. Like, literally that exact fucking symptom. (laughs) Symptom (laughs) of your disease. (laughs) Diseased being. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, and I I feel like I felt that whole, like, why are you crying kind of judgment (laughs) as well. I try so hard to like not <laughs> judge people because I'm like, okay, it's just crying, it's just crying, it's just crying. <laughs> but really, I'm just like, haha, freak. <laughs> anyway, so uh, should we talk a bit? Obviously, we can't give like concrete advice, but like from mm. our own experience, like how to undo it. And also, like, it's not just our own experience, like, this is what I've kind of done because it's like what i've read about yeah, yeah, being advised yeah, yeah. obviously so, like, but it's like we've... not direct research that we have done <laughs> yeah yeah what we found out what we yeah. found out from the experts on the internet <laughs> <laughs> and on well um and on attached oh yeah we can show should them we show them the, this is the holy grail well the ones who, who are watching on video yeah it's called attached are you anxious avoidant or secure <laughs> how the signs of adult attachment can help you find and keep love would highly recommend you read this yeah, yeah when i had like two therapy sessions <laughs> once my therapist kept like recommending attachment style books to me and i was like may i've read all of them already <laughs> <laughs> like i got them right here i pulled out the stack and showed her and she was like okay <laughs> uh, anyway maybe before you get into like specifically i think like overview just working on attachment mm. styles as a whole like it's going to take time and yeah. it's going to take patience and there's no like overnight cure kind of thing. It is like a very much looking inward and like working on yourself and like looking at patterns mm-hmm. and trying to break them. So like that takes 
effort and like attention yeah and time so like all of these tips are going to be kind of along those lines there's not going to be anything that's like oh just like read this and then when you wake up like you'll, you'll be, be better like <laughs> <laughs> you'll be secure yeah um, i wish but yeah anyway sorry tell us like some tips on how to sort of fix it avoid an attachment mm. well i was gonna say oh, just to like add to your point is like it, you probably can't do it by yourself like either get a therapist I mean mm. I'm sure you can probably do it without a therapist if that isn't available to you but it's very like dependent on your partner obviously if you're trying really hard to fix your attachment style and mm. your partner is just like oh whatever I don't really care and their attachment style is triggering yours like if they're secure then it's like they're probably not going to be saying they don't care first <laughs> of all and also <laughs> they'll try and help you but if their attachment style triggers yours then you kind of both need to be trying to yeah. fix this together because otherwise it's just going to continue the cycle mm. and like all obviously that comes with finding the right partner which is a lot harder to do than like it seems but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway um avoidant attachment style how to fix it is just really sitting with your feelings and obviously that sounds really stupid and like what is that gonna do but because you really struggle to acknowledge your own feelings a lot of the time it can be like dissociating as i was saying with the fight or flight (laughs) response you just need to like instead of avoiding conflict have those really difficult conversations with your partner don't say oh let's talk about this later or this Mm. isn't the time or you're being ridiculous this isn't a big deal you have to like try to be empathetic and don't confuse your independence with interdependence so obviously yeah it's like really important to be an independent person that's what everyone strives to be Mm -hmm. and that means like having your own interests being your own person having your own job not relying on other people for like every single aspect of your life but in relationships interdependence is the like healthy thing that you want to look for rather than codependence because it means that you have like healthy connections with people you rely on people the right amount basically everything that we're trying to avoid with these insecure (laughs) attachment styles you know like not too much codependence and not too much independence or like pushing people away it's just the right amount so yeah just having those really difficult conversations and recognizing that for the relationship to even work in the first place you need to recognize both people's emotions whether you think the other person's emotions are ridiculous or not like this is a big thing that I learned in my last relationship it's just like I might think that their their emotions are completely over the top (laughs) and ridiculous as a response to the situation but if you love them you need to give them the space to process that and then in return they will give you the space to process your own feelings and also like for me personally it has helped to just kind of like explain how I feel when conflict arises and I think like both sides can do that the anxious and avoidant side is like this is how I feel when you act this way just using like very therapy like objective eye language rather than like big emotional words just saying I feel very overwhelmed when you Mm. express this like 
need for me to be all around all the time and that's something that comes up with like fixing avoidant attachment styles as well is probably the need to have like this personal space is probably not going to go away even as you fix your attachment style because you become so used to it mm. which I'm like oh so glad about that one <laughs> <laughs> but like <laughs> but yeah like just saying look I really need this space because I understand that you as the anxious partner need to feel emotional closeness to me and I want to give that to you but in order for me to give that to you I need this personal space to like reset and be able to give it to you and yeah like just basically reassuring them but also reassuring yourself in a way of like it's okay to feel these feelings like you're good it's safe this is a safe space and you're working on it together and that's like where I think the aspect of working on it together is really really important basically Mm. so yeah what about anxious attachment yeah I think it's kind of what I would like the tips that I have are very similar to what you said just kind of the other side of it but it is still just like having a conversation about it and like so yeah once you acknowledge these sort of like thoughts that you have or like these patterns and like a lot of the times they'll be just these like anxious thoughts or worries and like I think for anxiously attached people that's even like harder so there's kind of this like two-way street right like there's this idea of starting a lot of fights and like a lot of drama because Mm. like there's this need for attention and whatever and like when your true need is like for attention or 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 like more affection from your partner but instead you like act out and you like pick all these fights or whatever or there's like you have all these worries and all of this stuff that like is genuinely making you feel like quite uneasy and like Mm -hmm. unhappy but you don't want to bring it up because you're like everything will be easier if I don't bring it up and like I don't want to cause any trouble so I think like it can be quite hard to first identify what your actual need is mm. because like, a lot of the time that gets like over flooded by the worrying and like mm. you start to see negative things and like pick at the wrong thing almost like yeah I'll start like a whole argument about like why he didn't call me for this amount of time but when mm. realistically like what I'm upset about is like I haven't felt close to him or yeah. you know what I mean so it's like I think it's like you have to identify what the real need is and talking to your partner can help with that conversation like yeah you can be like hey listen like I've been having all these weird worries and thoughts and I'm like when you don't text me goodnight it makes me start to think like that you're not thinking about me and then that means that you don't love me and that you like will leave or whatever you know like really go through it like as crazy as it sounds and like you can even phrase it like I know that this is like not completely rational but this is the thought that I've been having and like how can we can we like talk about that and just like can we like talk about this and then try to reach some sort of like set some sort of boundary and set some sort of like rule and try to see how that goes kind of thing like okay so I think it would be really helpful if you text me goodnight just before you go to bed. Like, even if we don't talk the rest of the day, like, I know that I'm going to get that goodnight text from you. And is that something you think you could do? Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's something I think I could do. Or like, no, that's not realistically something I could do because I don't sleep with my phone in my room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, then how about before you put your phone away, you just like send me a text to let me know. Yeah. And like, you know, talk about it. Like from a place of like okay where can we like both kind of like have our needs met and be happy and like yeah you won't always reach 
that perfect solution or perfect medium or whatever and I feel like that's when then like the like self-soothing and like you have to sort of like really sit down and kind of like try to as like for you for avoiding people you were saying like sit down with your emotions and thoughts Mm. but I think maybe sit down and like kind of have like a rational pile versus like what you're feeling so like yeah the feel the feeling is like he hasn't texted me back so he's cheating on me or whatever you know what yeah. i mean and then in the rational pal you have like he hasn't texted me back because he's in the shower yeah like, like you know try to like give your your anxious attachment thoughts like a rational path to go down yeah. and a lot of the time that will be like really hard because you can't like even when you have the rational thoughts like there you still have those feelings and i understand yeah. that but the more that you can like differentiate them and like start to go down the like rational path like and the more you practice it the more like that will just become like natural yeah yeah and also like on the flip side of that for avoiding people it's like okay why is this person crying like this is inappropriate or whatever like come up with like an emotion to match that and it's like okay i understand that they're feeling distressed or like i feel sympathetic to like tell yourself right now I am feeling sympathetic towards them because they are my partner and I love them and I don't want them to be upset Mm. and then maybe you'll like you know trigger some like emotional response in yourself and like I also think it's really sad that anxious people like feel like they need to rationalize their feelings because I don't think that's like a nice way to live your life like as someone who rationalizes my feelings literally (laughs) constantly yeah it's not the funnest thing and like it is important to feel your feelings and that's also another thing of like avoidant attached people is that they are sadly shamefully (laughs) um the ones in control in the relationship because I think what comes with avoidant attachment styles is this like I'm better because I can see how the situation really is because I'm on the outside even though you're not really on the outside Mm. you know it's like because I can I have the benefit of like being able to step away and being independent and they're the ones that are like clingy and stuff which is like not fair on either person in the relationship and so yeah talking about it and like everything always just comes back to communication which is so yeah. fucking annoying but <laughs> it's yeah. fine we'll get there eventually and yeah i mean another thing i guess is sort of like going back to this idea of for anxious attached people like the proof or whatever isn't enough mm. it's sort of just like look at that proof and yeah examine the ways in which like your partner is actually showing you like all the things that you are searching for or yeah the ways in which they aren't maybe but <laughs> then I guess you can like you know <laughs> is this like just in my head kind of mm. is this like my anxious attachment lying to you which it will lie to you a lot like it's a big fat liar it's kind of like if you have anxiety well I guess it's in the name but <laughs> but if you're someone that's experiencing anxiety and like these sort of like idea of intrusive thoughts and stuff like it can feel a little bit like that sometimes mm. so yeah i guess it's just picking out those lies and not believing them yeah but that takes practice and time yeah also i think it's like important for like avoidant people even in like non-romantic situations to kind of like recognize 
those things as well like I mean not necessarily non-romantic but like if you're not necessarily dating just be like how am I treating this person and Mm. like what feelings are coming up for me in like even the slightest possibility of like a romantic situation of like like what are your feelings around intimacy basically like why am I freaking out if like this person might like me kind Mm. of thing you know and then being like okay let's treat this other person with compassion (laughs) you know (laughs) and there's something I always feel really bad about like after a breakup or like after I end something or like rejecting people because I'm like why like I don't like how I act in those situations Mm. you know like that's not how I want to be as a person but that's just like how I am triggered to be and I'm just like really trying to unlearn it (laughs) because I don't want to be a mean like unsympathetic person the villains (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) basically we're always the villains then you're always the victim yeah (laughs) poor us but yeah okay well let's touch briefly I want to like just acknowledge fearful attachment Mm -hmm. which is like basically a mixture of avoidant and anxious and it's characterized by inconsistency so it's like just very incoherent attachment like you either crave like you both crave emotional closeness like anxious people but also get freaked out when it's shown to you or when Mm. you receive it and you're like suspicious of it basically so it's a combination of the two so I just wanted to acknowledge that we don't really have to go into that much detail it's basically another insecure attachment style and if you like uh, identify with aspects of what we both yeah. said then you might be fearfully attached or it's like called disorganized attachment style you can go do a little attachment style quiz on the internet and it will tell you your breakdown of which one you most are or like you can just you know, yeah we'll leave the one that we like in the yeah. description and it gives you yeah like literally breakdown of how much percentage of yeah. each attachment style you have because i guess yeah we're not not everyone's going to be you know like a straight a narrow version of one like we're all a mixture of things kind of thing yeah yeah and then there's secure attachment as well obviously which is like okay good for you (laughs) (laughs) which is basically you don't have any problem forming emotional attachment to people doesn't necessarily mean you're an amazing person but it just (laughs) means like you can have healthy relationships and it's not difficult for you which is always just the goal and what (laughs) everyone with insecure attachment is striving towards basically Mm. so yeah and i mean a big a big tip like in these in this research that we have done is like if you do have insecure attachment is to get into a relationship with someone with secure attachment yes and then you know hopefully that will like steer your yeah exactly like and steer you more in that direction and you'll kind of like slowly but surely move into secure attachment obviously if you like work on it too yeah so yeah find yourself <laughs> a secure person 50% and of the population on. you can do it you can do it <laughs> yeah but the thing is a lot of people that are secure they're like in relationships yeah, because know, like they're good sake. to go yeah and fine and not broken yeah no, i'm joking we're not broken guys yeah but also like you might meet a secure person and be like this isn't like right for me because it doesn't feel like yeah. your idea of intimacy which is just like fuck's sake mm. uh, the and I, I really like the analogy of like 
if you get into a, if like you're a insecure if you have an insecure attachment style and you get into a relationship with another person who has an insecure attachment style it's like this boxing match of like <laughs> like you're both punching at each other basically but if you yeah. get into a relationship with like a secure person it's like you're just punching them and they're just like deflecting it <laughs> and then eventually you'll just like get tired and be like cool I don't care anymore <laughs> and then you'll like be secure as well so yeah but I mean if there's like two avoidant people dating it will just be like no one will even come to the fucking (laughs) match (laughs) the ring will be empty (laughs) Um, so those are like our little tips our little overviews but let's talk a bit about why it is helpful to know your Mm -hmm. attachment style and I mean if we didn't already sell you with those like (laughs) that overview overview like why would you not know that I don't I can't think of a single person who would like listen to that and be like I don't identify with any of those you know yeah because like you it's it's useful to know obviously we always fucking push reflection on the podcast and just like understanding your own role in relationships and I think people find it so easy to just like go about their lives like oh haha it's so funny that like this is our classic me you know like everyone falls in love with me but I just like I'm not into them like that was literally me and then I was like (laughs) but why like (laughs) what's wrong with me and then I started hearing about attachment styles and it's just kind of crazy to me that the whole literally every way that you act in a relationship has been written down as the attachment style it's Mm. such you're such a cliche of the (laughs) attachment style which is so unfortunate but yeah it's just like it can be so easily described and you might be going about your life like oh why are all my relationships like not successful Mm. and this is just such an easy way to understand why it's that way like look at how that's happened and like how you are playing up to that and then also just like ways to kind of fix it and like Mm. unlearn those things so yeah I don't know do you have any thoughts on what kind of stood out to you when you learned about attachment styles well yeah I think as I said a little bit earlier I spent so much of my like first relationship or like even just even my second relationship just being like oh this is the way I am and like Mm. the like the I'm just the kind of person that, like, I'm only ever going to fall in love with someone that I know doesn't love me back. And, like, that's just the kind of person people I'm attracted to. Like, those people that, like, don't give me quite enough, like, the attention that I want. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I was, it was always this, like, yeah, it was, I don't know. I kind of didn't think that it was, like, a me problem. I just thought that that was just the way that I was. And, like, the people that I was being attracted to and whatever. Yeah. And, like... Why do I always... Yeah, why Why am I convinced that no one will ever love me how I love them? Yeah. And it's, like, quite a sad thing to, like, kind of just accept about yourself and just be like, yeah, this is just the way it is. And then when I, like, learnt about it and, like, reading about it more and the way that I s- kind of connect those dots and, like, because sometimes you'll read something and you're like, oh, but that's not me. Like, that's not exactly me. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I can see what they're getting at, but that's not exactly, like that hasn't happened exactly to me so but then once you start to like you know reinterpret that and like connect those dots and like work through it it just makes a like a lot more sense and yeah the things that you do and the thoughts that you think make a lot more sense and like 
it has allowed me, which like, I just feel like it's a, it's a huge relief from separating like, I'm not worthy and genuinely believing that to like, okay, that's not true. Like, yeah. So I feel like it makes like a complete difference yeah. in like just the way. That, and even if I am still having those thoughts, like at least now I can separate it as I keep saying. Yeah. Um. So I think that's like definitely the biggest thing. And yeah, just like it's just helped me a lot in like not feeling the, those worries and mm. all of the, these things, because now I can like put a name to it and I can point to it and I can like go to my boyfriend and be like, this is what I've been thinking, like, yeah. what I've been feeling. And it's not such a big worry of, like, shit, I really can't bring this up because mm-hmm. I don't even know what it is. Like, I yeah. don't even know how I'm feeling or, like, what this means. But now it's, like, okay, I actually can. And, like, now I can start moving towards, like, not feeling this way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really, you know, it's made a difference. And, like, I know, you know, we were talking about it at the start of the episode. Like, I did joke about the whole, like how I was like oh yeah now I'm like all fixed and whatever but like it genuinely like I feel like since I found out about them and not really a moment before like I have been kind of like moving towards a more secure attachment and like I'm definitely like way further along than I was when I found out about it like yeah I'd be interesting to do the quiz because when I did the quiz I got 15% or something like avoidant fearful or something like Mm. that and then like 55% preoccupied and then um like the rest secure so i literally like nearly zero percent avoided <laughs> and like then the rest anxious yeah essentially and now i just feel like it would have moved a lot further mm. towards the secure side but obviously i'd be i don't know i don't know maybe i'm just choosing my own horn but yeah no yeah i feel like you've come a long way yeah yeah but i mean this is the thing is like relationships are literally our whole lives whether it's like with your romantic partner or like if you're single which clearly i am or like with your parents or whatever you know like your family and this is why we do the podcast because it's like relationships are everything they affect your emotional well-being Mm. so much and you can have so much turmoil like going about your life i just don't feel these things like Mm. why do i not feel anything (laughs) why can i not like sustain emotional connections why do i always need to like have personal space and then it's just like such a simple answer of like i mean it's not really simple but it's like there's this reason here's the information and like do with it what you will and if you want it Mm. to get better then you can like work on it with your partner you can have these conversations with your parents like I've had conversations with my mum about attachment styles and like it was like kind of a it has sometimes it's a bit awkward you know because it's like uh, when we were saying at the beginning like how the attachment styles are formed it can sound very like blamey and like mm. pointing fingers but it, once you understand like the dynamic of your family and how it's passed down as maria was saying anxious kids tend to get it from like anxious parents and it's just passed on and you understand that they went through that as well and like you might have all these like ideas of your parents in your head but like then it helps you approach their upbringing with like compassion as well Mm. and then understand like certain things from your childhood that like potentially you didn't even realize had like been carried along with you for this long you know and it's kind of the cliche of therapy like oh you know go to therapy and talk about your childhood and no one really (laughs) wants to do that but I really like wholeheartedly believe that so much can be solved if you do and I just don't get why you wouldn't want to have like a very pleasant relationship with your 
family and romantic partners especially you know yeah i mean that's where all the shit is at that's where it's all stored you know and it needs to be unlocked and like killed (laughs) to move forward (laughs) but dramatic (laughs) but yeah so yeah as i was saying like i am single and dating as an avoidant person is like a big issue that I am grappling with at the moment of like I just don't think that I need to be in a relationship Mm. but then I'm like do I hate dating or am I just very very avoidant (laughs) is my big question of the moment because I'm like I don't really have time for people but realistically if I found someone that I really really liked which is rare but if that did happen, I would make the time for them. And like, should I be looking for that? And I'm like, I don't even know if that's what I want Mm. or if that's just like my avoidant mind telling me that that's not what I want and that's not what I need. So it's very conflicting. And then also in my uh, Hinge profile, (laughs) I have a prompt about attachment styles and people will always just message me their attachment style well they'll either message me their attachment style or they'll be like what's an attachment style and yeah. i'm like okay well we're not gonna match okay then. so the cue of who you know the yes and the no gets yeah. narrowed bye <laughs> but if people message me their attachment style i'm like okay interesting cool like let's have a conversation about this you know are most people that are messaging you avoidant anxious mm, anxious secure? anxious mainly oh really this fucking anxious avoidant cycle <laughs> honestly it's a trap like get out of that as soon as you fucking can and and i'll always be like you know i think i do it without even knowing anything about them of like it's always the people that I think are really cute or like that I'm interested in the most we match and then we're talking about attachment styles and then they're always anxious and I'm like (laughs) is it just like destiny drawn together without even meaning to you know but yeah so I don't mean I don't really have any tips about that but I kind of just wanted to like acknowledge (laughs) the fact that it can be super difficult and also like I can imagine like on the flip side as an anxious person as well of like I bet that anxious people get labeled a lot in the dating process of like oh they're like way way too into it and like Mm. they they're so needy and they need all these things that like I shouldn't have to give them or like I don't want to give them and it's a bit intense but this is again like why it's so important to just have these conversations early on I think and just like you know if you're interested in each other like try and work on it together or just like have an understanding of where the other person is coming from rather than just like labeling them and being like oh fuck this I don't have time for this because then you'll just go find someone that isn't like that and then just keep with the cycle that isn't helping you in any way so yeah yeah but I mean it's a lot easier said than done obviously (laughs) yeah I mean interestingly when I dated someone who was also like anxiously attached Mm. it didn't it didn't like seem to help you know which is kind of the crazy thing like maybe it did in retrospect but like Mm. even having someone that feels those same things and are constantly like craving that emotional closeness and like all of those things it still just wasn't enough i just feel like it's one of those things Mm. that no matter how big the suitcase that you get when you pack like (laughs) you'll fill it up it's just like no matter what like you're not gonna it's not gonna be enough because it's like 
the problem is with you. Not yeah, exactly, person. exactly. So yeah, I mean, I don't really know what that has to do with anything, but I just mm. thought that that was an interesting thought to, you know, yeah. the contrast between the like avoidant anxious cycle. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Lisa's an anxiously attached person, like it didn't, it didn't really help. Yeah. You yeah, still feel those feelings, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. In yeah. some ways, like even more, like even, it was even more like extreme because I guess since it was two people, mm. first of all, and then second of all, because like we were always together, then like yeah. the moments that we really weren't together, like that was like even tenfold, like yeah. this whole like catastrophe of us not being together. Um, but yeah, I mean, also I'm sorry to just like be throwing out flying tips over here, also, but like I think genuinely this might sound kind of crazy, but I think if you're anxiously attached and you like really are looking to work on your relationship and your attachment style like feel like you know it's a form of immersion therapy like you should try long distance like i knew you were gonna say that i was sorry so i know i keep promoting it but like yeah i just feel like it genuinely like really helped me in terms of getting like this whole independence aspect and mm. like this whole like separating like like that having this need to like know what they're doing all the time and like what like who they're with and like mm. all of this shit i just feel like it is as i said like all of this you just have to practice it and practice it and practice it until you rewrite the pattern essentially yeah so i feel like it's a good way to just like have to practice it essentially yeah. um but yeah my my last little tip i guess <laughs> yeah well on that note shall we we did some polls like a while a very long time ago now but i'd be interested to just like see how it relates to everything we've just talked about Mm -hmm. so we asked our followers if you know your attachment style and 45% of people said yes and 55% of people said no okay 50 50 that's pretty Mm. good yeah pretty good so I'm, like, quite impressed because I feel like when I meet people, most people are like, what is that? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's just me being like, let me tell you about attachment styles. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it is our followers. Like, yeah, if true. it wasn't high, like... Yeah, I mean, I, we do constantly <laughs> talk about it, so... <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, but definitely find out about it, guys. You know, encourage that number to go up. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should do another one yeah. later on and find out what the difference is if more people know it now. Yeah, we, but we sorry. I know I was just gonna say we can put the link to this the quiz below, so it will be a hundred percent yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then we also asked, do you know your partner's attachment style? And then thirty three percent of people said yes, so that mm. number dropped, which understandable you know start know your your shit before you get invested in someone else i bet those 33 percent of people were they're anxious yeah (laughs) (laughs) anxiously a dad people or just me (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah did do you do you know your partners your ex's attachment styles yes i do and did you think, like, during the relationship? Oh, during the relationship. It? My most recent ex, I made him do a quiz. 
Mm. while we were dating he was very reluctant <laughs> which tells you what his attachment style was <laughs> and my other ex surprised by her attachment style really because I asked her recently because yeah. I was like oh do you know because I was at her house and I was like having a literal hour long conversation with one of her friends <laughs> about his attachment style <laughs> um but yeah she told me and i was like i was expecting it to be anxious but it wasn't so i was like interesting Mm -hmm. very interesting but yeah what about you um yeah no i didn't know my exes at the time and Mm. and i i i also asked my boyfriend to do a quiz but yeah did you find that knowing your boyfriend's well your exes like attachment style at the time like when you Mm. found out about it and stuff like did it help or yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) in what in what ways just in like understanding what was happening yeah i feel like it was just made a lot more sense to be able to put labels to it and like kind of explaining to him what my attachment style as well Mm. was just like okay so this is why i like get so freaked out when you show emotions and like this is how i feel in those situations where we have Com- like serious conversations because it was kind of like at the point of our relationship where we we're having a lot of serious conversations so it was very intense for me mm. and he would like not understand why I was like super distant when we were having these conversations I literally felt like I could I wasn't like present in the conversations because it freaked me out so much to be in them and then understanding like how he reacted to that and just trying to like talk those different sides through mm. of like how can we meet in the middle somewhere and then it would be like it actually did kind of help like he would ask for like my permission to talk about like not my permission but you know be like is this a good time to have this conversation and like give me a bit of warning before just like springing all this stuff on me yeah but I also feel like it did kind of like make it probably more difficult for him which is not necessarily like what I wanted because he had to be like he, I felt like he had. He felt like he had to apologize for his feelings in the moment, which wasn't what I was aiming for. But that's like kind of what came out of it. But I feel like if we had stayed in the relationship for longer, it probably would have helped. But because we didn't know at the beginning, and because there was like all of this complication at the time, then it wasn't okay. like super helpful. Has it helped your relationship to know your partner's attachment style? Yeah, I mean, he's, like, mostly secure and a bit avoidant. Mm. So, like, it did help, obviously, in those, like, like understanding that there was going to be this, like, reluctance. Like, even just on top of, like, the reluctance that I feel like I already experienced because I'm so full on. Like, mm. there's going to be even more to, like, talk about. Sometimes he's, like, quite reluctant to talk about his feelings or, like, things like that. So, I guess it just helped me be, like, knowing not to push and... And yeah, to kind of stop myself mm. in my tracks already because I obviously didn't want to like continue that anxious avoidance cycle of like yeah. pushing and then he like pulls away more. Yeah. But he's also just not a very like, <laughs> like as I said, he doesn't really talk about his feelings very much. So like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the stuff is more like to do with my attachment style and like yeah. me doing the work, and he's just kind of chilling, you know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, 
yeah mm. but i feel like that's like a very like stereotypical like male trait you know yeah which is like goes yeah, with the, the avoidant attachment style that's the thing it's like i don't know with him like what to just put as like he's just like that yeah. or like he's just the guy yeah. or he's avoidant like he's i don't know you know he, yeah he's just like like not a very like full of emotions kind of person mm. well which i, I guess mean... is kind of good for me because i'm like the opposite yeah, so guess. you know, I need someone to like stabilize me. What do you? What would you do if one day he just turned around and was like as <laughs> emotional as you? Oh my god, I don't think I would like that. I think I would be really overwhelmed. But then again, I always constantly say like I'd love to have me as a girlfriend. I'd be like the perfect girlfriend. <laughs> like genuinely, like all the attention and assurance I need all the time maybe you should just date yourself (laughs) (laughs) i wish uh no but okay well i'll give a little fun fact before we end the episode Mm because i was obviously you know doing some research for this episode and i found out that secure attachment style makes you more likely to have a balance of mask like obviously like stereotypically masculine and feminine traits so you like lean more towards androgyny as a secure person because it's like you're not you know fueling Mm. all of these like super masculine traits such as like not talking about stuff you know Mm. which is kind of interesting i thought yeah i think that's so interesting and also like kind of similarly apparently fearful avoidant people are like most likely to be homophobic (laughs) Which I feel like just really confirms the fact that, like, these binary gender roles are just super toxic (laughs) to everyone involved, which is kind of wild. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, the secure people are the only ones that are, like, like, I've understood that this whole gender thing is just not necessary. Yeah, Yeah. they're just chilling, (laughs) just living their best lives. Um... But yeah, thanks so, for that fact, hon. You're welcome. And yeah, I feel like that's a lot. That was a lot of information, mm. but but we've left lots of little attachment style Easter eggs like all over our episode. So at this point, I mean, we don't even have suggestions to go to specific ones. Mm-hmm. Just go through literally all of them. Yeah. And you will find more stuff about attachment styles. And if not, we'll definitely like put some stuff in the description to have a look at and to do the quiz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I hope you guys, you know, learned a little bit more about attachment styles and yeah. maybe like learned something about yourself. Uh-huh. Also, I was going to say, like, let us know if you guys want, because I feel like we're always talking about like these resources, like these <laughs> mystical resources that we have. And we genuinely like read a lot of information and consume a lot of media about relationships and sex so if you like would want us to put it all on the website i feel like that could be helpful for some people so let us know if that's something that you would want and like utilize mm-hmm. which you can do on our email address which is sextraspodcast at gmail.com or dm us on instagram at sextraspodcast or facebook at sextraspodcast send us a little anonymous confession about your attachment style <laughs> life on the website which is www.sexrospodcast.com and yeah we're excited to keep talking about attachment styles from now on we hope you we covered like most of your questions or like filled in your gaps in your knowledge and yeah we will see you next week bye, bye.
You've been listening to Sextras, presented by Honey Jane Wyatt and Maria Jose Hayodatiyi. Produced by Mabel Productions. Sex.